Hi, I'm Larry Gifford. I have Parkinson's disease. Each Wednesday in April, we'll be releasing an episode featuring new interviews and never-before-heard bits of interviews that I've collected over the past two seasons. From people with Parkinson's and their advocacy to the leaders of the Parkinson's organizations around the world that we're counting on to support us in our journeys and help drive research for new treatment options. These are the keepers of hope, the difference makers, the believers. They know you can lead a great life today with Parkinson's and that tomorrow, no matter how far in the future that may be, we can all live lives without Parkinson's. Today I'm talking to Dave Clark. Dave is a television presenter for Sky TV Sports from Leeds, England. He's best known for anchoring darts and boxing coverage. His positivity is infectious. He was diagnosed with Parkinson's in 2011, but 10 years on, he's still broadcasting, has a great attitude, is raising tons of money and attention for the cause. Later this year, he'll walk the length of Hadrian's Wall and climb Mount Everest to the base camp at 17,000 feet to raise funds for Parkinson's UK. He's already generated 500,000 pounds towards the charity's work, and he recently announced he'll be donating his brain to medical science to help find a cure for Parkinson's. The first time Dave and I chatted was late summer of 2019. Hello, Dave. Let's listen back. Hey, Larry, how you doing? Uh, I'm, I'm doing all right. How about yourself? Yeah, not bad, thanks. I don't know if you've listened to the podcast at all. I've listened to every single one. I think it's brilliant. Oh. Really, really inspiring and, and great. And nice to know the people are in the same position and worried about the same things and, and, and thriving as well. It's good to hear, you know. Oh, well, that's very kind. I, I'm, I'm honored that you've listened. Uh, I, I know most of the people you've, you've spoken to, you know, via... Sure. Media and stuff. So it's, it's really fascinating to hear, hear them, you know. Well, and everybody's got a, their own story, but it, it, it's familiar enough that you're like, okay, I'm not alone in this. Good. I'm not crazy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I heard, uh, you know, Matt, Matt Eagles, I heard him on, 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 on the radio the other day here. Oh, yeah. And he was saying he, he was diagnosed when he was seven, and he thought for 25 years he was the only person with Parkinson's because right. he didn't know anybody else with it until social media came along. And, and suddenly, he met loads of other people and knew he wasn't alone, which is a great feeling for him. Incredible, you know. Isn't social media amazing? Well, it, it's, it, it can be a force for good. And it can, with us, it's brilliant because it brings people together, like-minded people. But I have problems with it as well. I was, I was doing the World Darts Championship in, uh, in North London, a big event on television over Christmas. And working really hard, working long hours, I was starting early in the afternoon, working through till midnight, traveling home. So it took its toll on me. And towards the end of the tournament, a bookmaker put on social media, Dave Clark looks like he's, he's caught a whiff of something nasty and wants to murder the person who caused it. So with a picture of me looking a bit disheveled, you know. So I thought, I'm not having that. Ridiculous. Some, some, somebody in a, an office in London somewhere just, just writing that. So I said... I took a, a, a snapshot of the, the tweet and said, that'll be the chronic degenerative neurological condition that eventually robbed me of the ability to walk, talk and smile. Hashtag Parkinson's. And the whole thing went wild. Wow. Just more than two million people saw the tweet. And England footballers were getting involved. Alan Shearer, he, he wrote one saying, wow, two people tweeting, one a gentleman who inspires us all, the other a prat on a keyboard looking for a cheap laugh. <laughs> I know who I stand by. You're an inspiration, Dave. Keep doing what you're doing and making everyone proud. And it was incredible. Just it really annoyed me because they used to sponsor the tournament. And, and I went public. I kept it secret, my Parkinson's, for two and a half years. I, I, there's a big debate going on about whether you come straight out and tell people or whether you wait a while. And um, I, I took my time because I, I, it's, it's quite frightening. You know, you think you're going to lose your job. You think you're going to be labelled disabled. And... I'm not saying one thing's right and one thing's wrong. Some people, I know you came out quite quickly and, and told people you had it, but I, I was worried about it. And I, I thought, I thought I'd lose my job. And I, I was, I was really frightened. Yeah. I'll tell you, Dave, I was frightened too. Um, and yeah. it's scary because you, especially for us as broadcasters, you know, losing, yeah. losing my voice is probably the scariest proposition I had that I, mm. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at because that's all I know what to do. Yeah, exactly. The, the plan B. You want to carry on doing it as long as you can. Right. But the reason I came out in the end was I was two and a half years in. I was doing a world championship fight. I was presenting the boxing in, in Glasgow. And uh, the on-air clock was ticking down. And I was trying to get my cufflinks on. And I couldn't get my cufflinks on. And, and I could hear people going, where's Dave? Where's Dave? Get him on set. Get him there now. 
and trying to do my tie-up. And I was hiding in a cupboard. It was ridiculous. <laughs> hiding in a cupboard, trying to do my, my tie-up, trying to do my buttons up. And I couldn't tell anybody. I couldn't ask anybody for help because no one knew I had Parkinson's. So it was just a scary moment. I got on, I got on set, cameras on me, live at the top of the show, and nailed the top of the show. Got all my words right. Brilliant. But it really took it out of me. And the next day, I, was, I got home. And uh, my wife is actually a doctor of clinical psychology. So I'm a bit no, of a case no. study for her. <laughs> so, <laughs> so she said, you, you've got to go public. You, you've, got to, you've got to do something about it and tell people because it's, it's getting ridiculous. It's, it's taking its toll on you. At the time, I was presenting on Sky Sports News, a 24-hour news channel. I was doing boxing. I was doing darts and snooker as well. So... I was putting work first. Now, I was on the road 123 days a year, and it, it was crazy. Wow. I, I, was, I was exhausted. And so I went public. I wrote an article in the, in the Daily Mail newspaper, and it, it is incredible. The more people read it, the higher it goes up the, the web page. Yeah. And it, it got to number two, and I got 60,000 messages of support. It's amazing. Oh, did you, so did you sit down and read them all? I did actually, yeah. I went through every single one over over a three week period, and uh, it just it was incredible. You know, people in the same situation, people who just said my word, and I inspired a lot of people. And but it was really emotional at the same time, and I wasn't ready for that. People, I went to the dentist the other day. I hadn't told my dentist that I'd got Parkinson's, mm -hmm. and I went to I went to see him, and he, he said, "I'm so sorry," and he was sort of grieving for me. And it, you're not ready for that. You're not ready for people, other people's emotions as well as, as, as what, what you, you take on board yourself. And it was, it's difficult for me as well because my dad had Parkinson's. Oh, and okay. So died, and died when he was 52. He took his own life oh. when I was 17. So it, 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 everything about Parkinson's was negative for me. I spent my childhood watching my dad go downhill. And I wanted to be different. So everything he, he, he you know, shut himself away lost his job, was was very depressed, just sat there, not moving, not talking about it, kept it to himself and, and eventually took his own life, which is terrible for us as a family. So I've, I've decided to, to talk about it, go public, be upbeat about it if I can, but at the same time highlight the, the downside of it. So let's unpack this a little bit. Let's start with uh, <laughs> there's a lot there. Uh, I, yeah. I, you know, the, the decision to go public. So when, when were you diagnosed? I was diagnosed in 20, well, it was 1047 on Tuesday, the 25th of January. <laughs> I'll, I'll never forget it because I went, I noticed a pain in my shoulder, usual, usual thing that you get. My writing was getting smaller, my grip was, my hand was slow. And I went, went to physio saying, I think I've injured myself playing, playing soccer. And he said, I think it's neurological. Have you thought about Parkinson's? I thought, I've thought about Parkinson's a lot over the years, you know, but, but I, I didn't realize there was any hereditary nature to it. And it, they reckon about 10% of Parkinson's, there's, there's some genetic connection. So I went to the, the I, I couldn't wait. The, the NHS waiting list was four months to see a specialist. So I paid for a private consultation and, and, the guy I saw, I won't say his name, but he had a bit of a god, god complex, you know. Mm -hmm. And he asked me if I had a big mortgage, how many kids I had, what I did for a living, and then told me I had Parkinson's, handed me a, a tub of labor dopa and told me to get on with it. Ridiculous. Ugh. Yeah. That's terrible. 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 Uh, and if that wasn't enough, he said I'd probably have to quit my job in two or three years. Ugh. So it, it was frightening, really frightening. So did, so, you, did, so did you fire him? I fired him. Yeah, I never saw him again. Uh, yeah, I mean, that, but that that's a decision. Yeah, but, but a lot of people uh, wouldn't have the guts to do that because, well, he's yeah. the doctor. Yeah, but this god complex that, that some specialists have, they don't realize the impact they're having on, on, on a person when he didn't know my background, didn't know my dad had it or anything. So just, just frightening. They can be so ruthless and just, just tell you like that. The guy I see now is a guy called Nick Wood at University College London. Queen Square, which is the, the centre of excellence for, for Parkinson's in pretty much in the world. And he's a brilliant guy and just fantastic and a complete contrast to, to what I initially had. Well, I, I think that's important for people to understand is that, uh, you know, you don't have to just suffer with the doctor you have. You are empowered to make these uh, decisions for yourself. It's your health care team. It's not their health care team. 
yeah, you that that's it. You you got to build your team up around you. I mean, I I, I did acupuncture this morning. I have a lady that just lives up the road from me who does acupuncture. It takes away a lot of the pain. I find it really good. I do Pilates every week. I've got a, a, a guy I do boxing exercises with. Fantastic. He's a boxing trainer. And the, the boxing gym's just down the road. Brilliant people. And it's like your care team. So you've got to get them right. People you get on with, people you can talk to. And I, I've got the, the doctor, my wife as well, who, who you know, I'll say I'm a case study. And she, she won't let me sit around. You know, nagging wife is a great thing to have, actually. She doesn't let me sit around feeling sorry for myself. If, if I've got a day off. I've got a list of jobs. I've got to get out and do stuff. I've got to keep socialising. Because the thing with Parkinson's is the apathy can creep in if you're not careful. You stop socialising, you start feeling worthless, lose self-confidence, you, you're frightened about crowds, you stay in. And, and it's, a, it's a downward slope. You know, I saw that with my dad. And so you, you've got to keep, keep socialising. All right. So you were diagnosed in which year? 2011. And you, January 2011, and so you, and, nine years in January, yeah. Wow, and 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 so then you, it was two and a half years uh, until you came public. Before, yeah. you know, between the time you were like, I got to go public, and and the time you went public, what was that uh, feeling like? It was, I, I I put it on the back burner. I knew I had, I'd have to do it one day. I was in denial, so it took me a while for it to sink in that I actually got Parkinson's. So, I. I just tried to ignore it for a while and, and it, it was taking its toll. You know, with Parkinson's, you only get so many spoonfuls of energy a day. And I was, I was putting all my energy into work and, and not enough into the other things in life. So I was, I was tired. I was uh, I, I work Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, get home on a Sunday and be absolutely exhausted. And it, it was taking its toll. You know, it could have cost me a marriage. It was yeah. ridiculous because I, I was putting everything into work and, you only get 70 tablespoons of energy a day. So you've got to share them out. And, and now I've cut back my workload and, uh, you know, not so work focused. How has work, still, how, how has your work responded? Have they been supportive? They've been pretty good. Yeah. I'm a contractor. So this contract's not going to come, but nearly nine years, I'm still working in broadcasting, still presenting live sports on television. And, uh, you know, I'll know when the time's right to, to, to finally quit, but I'll, I'll carry on working. I'll do something else. I haven't worked out what yet, but I, <laughs> I will. I will carry on. Well, good, good. You should. Um, with your dad, did you know he had Parkinson's when you were a kid? Well, it's really weird because I've been very open about my Parkinson's. My kids know, you know, I can be a bit grumpy. I'll take three times to get out of the chair. They know I've got Parkinson's and they know what it means. I've spoken to them openly and honestly about it. My parents never had that conversation with me. And uh, I, was, I was off school ill one day and I saw a program about Parkinson's. And I thought, my dad's got all those symptoms. And I said to my mum and my brother, I think dad's got Parkinson's. And they said, yes, he has. And that was the end of the conversation. No, it was a long time ago. People thought differently then. You know, it's, I was... 11 years old or 10 years old and we never talked about it and it, it, it was sad my mum never went to his appointments with him you know my wife comes to every appointment with me very supportive and I, I talk to the kids about it all the time so they're very aware of it just different times you know yeah and so so how did that affect your childhood like did you feel like you had a dad yeah, I mean, it was, I was quite sporty when I was growing up, and I used to be quite embarrassed about him coming coming and watching me, because he was sort of hunched and he was desperate to come and watch me play sport. But I didn't like him being there, and I feel guilty about that now, you know, that I never let him watch me play sport because I was embarrassed of my dad. But my kids know I'm turning up. I'm with them the whole time. Very hands-on dad. Football and rugby this weekend. There's no way they're getting me off the touchline, whatever they say. So. They're proud of the dad, you know, proud of what he's achieved. So just different times. It it was very strange the the way I reacted back when I was a teenager. Really, really, really difficult for my dad. But I I never thought about it, you know. I feel feel bad about it now. And then uh, was it the Parkinson's that led him to suicide? Yeah, well, depression. Um, Mm. You know, I mentioned that, that, you know, apathy, stopped socialising, feeling worthless, lost his job lost his driving license, 
and is is sort of it was is it was, it was bent double with the Parkinson's, really struggling, didn't do any exercise, and 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 just eventually took his own life when I was when I was seventeen, which was a, a really really terrible time for the family, you know. So what are you doing to make sure that uh, history doesn't repeat itself? Uh, I'm, I'm staying at beat, living in the moment, for a time, camel at the same time. <laughs> mm-hmm. just, just, just doing everything I want to do. I do a lot of traveling with the family. Um, just staying positive and keeping busy and socializing is, is, is massively important. You can't cut yourself off. I won't deny I have the odd sofa day now and again when I'm feeling sorry for myself. You know, the weather might be not be very nice, and I've got a day off work, and my wife's at work, kids are at school, and and they're the danger times when you can you can just sit there and and, and feel sorry for yourself. You can't let that creep in. You've you've got to keep doing stuff, keep busy, keep keep meeting your friends, talking about it is important. My dad never talked to anybody about it, so it was a really sad story, really sad story. So I'm, I'm just trying to do everything he didn't do. He, he was the, the blueprint of what not to do. Hmm. I'm hopefully the blueprint of what to do. Great. Hey, do, do you uh, battle depression as well? No. I, I, you know, sometimes feel feel a bit down, but not, not depressed. I'm, I'm, very, I'm a very positive person. And depression can get hold of you. You know, it can just creep up on you. But it, it hasn't me. I'm not saying it won't in the future. But um, no, I'm not depressed. Have you been uh, genetically tested to make sure that it's a genetic connection? Yeah, I've, I've had my entire genome sequenced. So I was part of this 100,000 project, which the NHS are running, and I volunteered to be part of it. And they've gone through my entire genome, and so far they haven't found anything that relates to Parkinson's, so no LARC2 or anything like that. So it could be environmental, something I've been exposed to when I was a kid. They, they don't know. But at the moment, no genetic connection with Parkinson's, which... It's, it's a bit of a relief, but there might be something else in there that they, they haven't discovered yet. So I'm, I'm all into volunteering for to be prodded. I've been poked and prodded by some of the leading experts in, in Britain on Parkinson's. So I think that's part of it. Also, men talk quite a few people. A lot of people get in touch with me. And uh, it's important that you're further down the line than people. That you, you share your experiences. And, um, you know, if, if anyone message me on Facebook or Twitter or whatever, I always respond and, and give them any tips I can on how to, how to stay positive, how to deal with it, and, and, and how to lead a good life with Parkinson's, which is, is very possible to do. Yeah, I had my uh, full genome sequenced as well. I have 180,000 abnormalities, but none of them are Parkinson's. <laughs> oh, just 180,000, Larry. That's, that's not bad, is it? <laughs> yeah, so I always thought I was a little odd. Now I know why. <laughs> now you know you really are odd. You've got proof as well. Brilliant. Uh, so uh, have you noticed um, um, your voice changing? Um, I'm lucky that I've got quite a powerful voice anyway. But it is slightly lighter than it was. Um, and occasionally when my, my meds are low, I do slur my words. So I've got to be very careful about getting my pronunciation right. So I've thought about uh, LSVT voice therapy down the line. Mm-hmm. But what I do before I go on air, I always chew chewing gum to loosen up the jaw, do facial exercises as well. And I, I'm, I'm, I, I do voice exercises as well. I, I sing a bit to, to get my voice warmed up for when I'm on air. So just go through the scales and stuff. And it's important that you, you keep exercising your, your, your voice and your throat because, you know, your throat can obviously cause you problems down the line with Parkinson's. So it's important to, to, to do exercises and take my meds on time. That's, that's a massive thing. So before I go on air, I make sure an hour before I take my meds, loads of water with the meds so, so they work well. And, and, and sometimes when I'm on air, I'll, I'll turn my hand down the side of the seat if I'm sitting down or hold a pen, which stops my shaking. So I've got all these coping strategies that I use when I'm on air, so I don't put the viewer off. Um, but sometimes it's, it's not easy, you know, when you're on live television with Parkinson's and, and it's, 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 you're having a bad day. It can be really hard. Yeah, I, I, you know, I know that uh, I, I'm not on air a lot, but like I need to record the podcast usually in the morning because by the yeah. afternoon I've spoken so much that it's getting whispery or soft or it's just not, I just don't have this full range of my my vocal abilities. Mm, this is why it's important to do 
vocal exercises to, to keep it going. And I find when I'm on in the evening, I have to rest. I do exercise first thing in the morning. And then I'm lucky enough that I can rest for, for a lot of the day before I go on air, learn my lines and stuff, because I don't have autocue. It's all off the top of my head. And the memory, Parkinson's meant the memory's not as, not as good as it once was. So I, I used to be able to just look at a sheet of A4 and pretty much memorise it within half an hour. So, so I knew every word on it. Wow. Um, now I, I can't do that. I, I do it in chunks. So I chunk memorise, okay. which, which helps me when I'm on air. So, and also... I'm, because I've done it for so long, I'm, I'm very knowledgeable about, about my subject. So, you know, when I, when I do the darts on, on Sky, I know everything about every dart player. It's just embedded in there. So that's pretty good. I've been doing it for 21 years on live television. So I, I sort of know what I'm doing now, just about. <laughs> so you brought up the vocal exercises. Are you going to sing for us to give us an example of what we should be doing? La, 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 la. that's great i love it i love it i do that and make sure my jaw moves a lot so yeah move my jaw side to side and and do lots of speaking before i'm on air so just just loosens up like you loosen up your body in the morning when you do your stretches you should do your stretches in the morning for parkinson's same with your voice you know you need to you need to exercise your voice so you're not slurring your words and 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 just i say chewing gum is brilliant because it, it just exercises your jaw uh, how old are your kids? I've got two boys, 16 and 13, Harry and George. So they're a handful, but they're great fun. They're, they're really good kids and great mates now. Fantastic. Harry's got a couple of years before he goes to university. I, I don't know what I'll do when he flees the nest eventually. But <laughs> Do they talk to their friends about it? Yeah, I'm, I'm very open about it, you know. So I, I tell the friends I've got Parkinson's because you can look a bit scary, you know. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a six foot four guy. And if I'm a bit off, my face can look a bit m- mean. You know, you, you, yep. you walk with a, a st- I call it my fight face when, I, when, I'm, uh, when, when I'm off. And it can look a bit scary for a kid. So, you know, I, I tell them about it. And, you know, it's, it's important that you, sh- you spread the word and spread the message. I, I was in New York a while ago and, and a guy said, I, I was off and walking through into the hotel lobby. And he said, good luck finding your way home. I said, what do you mean by that? I said, you're drunk and ridiculous. I mm. said, I've got Parkinson's. Mad. You know, yeah. people say that to you. and It's, it's, it's frightening the, how ignorant people can be at times. Yeah. Does that happen with the viewers who aren't aware that you have Parkinson's? Well, everybody knows now because I've made a, a big deal about it. So the, I get so much support. It's incredible. You know, lots of people say about me. And uh, you, you get the odd one, you know, but you, you've, you've got to develop rhino hide when you've got Parkinson's. Yeah, you, you do. Know, you, can't let it, you can't let it get to you. Yeah, I, I, I use walking poles a lot um, because my gait yeah. is my biggest issue. I was on the bus not too long ago, or the, the SkyTrain here in Vancouver, and a guy looks at me and goes, give me this look. He's like, what, are you going skiing? I'm like, what's the middle of summer? He's like, no, <laughs> uh, I've got Parkinson's. And he goes, oh, dude, you know, I, I know how you feel. I've got asthma. I'm like, uh, okay, asthma. Not, not the quite scale. Not yeah. quite the same scale, but all right, I'll no. trade you. Well, uh, that's that's interesting actually because if if you have a, I, I had a knee operation recently. I had partial knee replacement, and um, I had a, a stick for a while. And it's amazing how people, when you've got a stick, it's sort of a signpost. Yeah. That you need a bit of help, and people people help you. But if if you haven't got sticks. Or, or any visible sign that, that something's wrong. People just automatically think you're drunk or, you know, on drugs or something. Well, yeah, because I, I use uh, transit all the time. And so if I'm, if I'm using public transit and I don't have my sticks, I don't get a seat. And if I don't get a seat, I'm, I'm going to stumble over. Mm. Parkinson's UK do quite a nice little badge which says um, something like, don't, don't ru- sorry for being slow, I've got Parkinson's. Ah. Is, is, I've used that when I've gone through airports. And people are fantastic. Oh, that's you great. Know, when you when you got a little a badge on, great. But I'm sort of quite proud as well. No one's ever offered me a, a seat on the tube tube in London. I'm quite proud of that. So I'll, I'll keep that as long as possible. And I, I don't use the assisted tra- travel at airports. I always go through by myself. And and it's I feel it's stupid, but I feel a bit like it's giving in using that. 
it's, it's a stupid attitude because you should you should ask for help on occasions, but I, I don't like to do it. I'm just stubborn, a stubborn Yorkshireman <laughs> who wants to, to do it by myself. And it's, it's, it's been at my cost at times. You know, I've been really struggling, right, trying to go through airport security. But I've got off to a fine art now. I don't wear belts. I, uh, you know, have trousers that, that slip on and off with with elasticated waist when I'm traveling. Uh, I put all my stuff in the in the 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 um, not not carry on, so I hardly have any luggage, just my passport. So I'm stripped down, so I can get through security quite easily. But it, it's taken a while. Yeah, well, you, yeah, you, you have to travel a lot to realize what you need to do. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I tra- I'm traveling a lot more now than I ever have uh, for my job and for Parkinson's events. Uh, and I'm like, I'm traveling like, I think I've got trips the next seven weeks every week. Yeah. Uh, what, what, what's your trick for like going through time zones and, and with your medication and just re- preserving your energy? Because I find at the end of a trip, I'm just wiped. Yeah, I think I think you, you've got to listen to your body. You know, when when you travel through a time zone, you've got to just take the meds when your body needs the meds. You know, take sleep when you need sleep. There's there's no secret to it. I haven't got any magic formula for doing it. Oh damn it! But I thought you, you would. When, oh, no, ridiculous. Hello. <laughs> um, I think just listen to your body. That's the thing. When when your body's tired, have a rest, have a sleep. If you can, if, you, if you're lucky enough to do that. But I mean, I've, I've traveled right around the world with Parkinson's and I, I, I travel a lot with the family. So we went to Costa Rica a while ago, went, went to Vancouver Island, watched the, went up the Campbell River mm. and watched, watched the, the, the bears catching salmon. I've never done that without Parkinson's. I'm a tired Yorkshireman. I don't like spending my money, but my rainy days come. So I'm not saving up for a rainy day. Yeah. Or I do what I want to do. <laughs> Good. And I love my music as well. So I've traveled around the world following Bruce Springsteen. Wow. So I went to Cape Town. I went to Perth in Australia. And there's a girl called Anne-Marie Boo that was mentoring, just, just giving her a few tips. And she came up in the Bruce Lottery for the, the show on Broadway. So we both went to New York and watched that show. So fantastic. I've never done that without Parkinson's. So, you know, it has its benefits. Seize the day. It does. Enjoy yeah. it. It, it sort of makes you live life a little bit more with, with more gusto. Yeah, definitely, definitely. You know, I, I don't look too far into the future because the future's well, it's a one-way street, isn't it, Parkinson's? You, 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 as it stands, you're not going to get better. My, I, I don't think they'll find a cure in my lifetime, but what I'd love is a wonder pill that just stops it in its tracks. Yeah. Because how I am at the moment, I can, I can look after myself, I can walk and talk and have a good life. And if I could have a magic pill that would just stop it now in its tracks... That would be the dream ticket, not a cure, just something where we can get early diagnosis for people and a pill that just in his tracks. That that would be absolutely perfect for me. Yeah, me too. I, I would take that in a heartbeat. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How's this affected your marriage? Um, I think I've got a good marriage, you know, but I must admit I'm a bit grumpier than I used to be. It's, it's really weird. I, I, my temper is shorter than it was. I have to I have to think sometimes before I open my mouth because I can I can I can upset people by saying saying the first thing that comes into my head, which is a really weird feeling, isn't it? It but is. I've talked to a lot of people with Parkinson's like this, uh, and you can you can you can go off the handle quickly, so you've, you've really got to be careful. You know, I was driving the other day, and uh, I, I can still drive quite well. I've got an automatic car that I drive around London. My wife does most of the driving now because she doesn't trust me with the kids in the car. Yeah. But I, I feel like I'm a good driver. <laughs> but a guy cut me up and I had to stop myself from jumping out of the car and shouting at him. <laughs> and I, it was ridiculous. I'd never do that. I'm, yeah. I'm so placid normally. And I, I wanted to go... <laughs> I, nearly, I nearly got in a fight, I would have. If I, was, I, just, I had to count to five, sit there and go, what are you doing? Ridiculous. Just calm down. Stupid. And I also feel I'm an anxious passenger in a car, so... I sort of put the brakes on, imaginary brakes when my wife's driving and stuff. It's, it's stupid. And if she gets too close to the car in front, I, I get really anxious. And I was never like that before I had Parkinson's. I don't know what that's about. Oh, really, I don't really either. Strange things happen to me. I was talking to David Sangster about that the other day. We both have that thing where our wives are like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, I don't know, but I'm freaking out. So I feel like I'm about <laughs> to become carnage. Well, I mentioned I was in New York a while ago and the, 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 we got a, 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 a yellow cab from the airport into town. And 
he was so close to the car in front. It was I was sweating. I was getting paranoid. It was ridiculous. <laughs> I thought it was going to crash every every turn. It was mad. I've but, never had that before. Man, like what, that, what's Parkinson's doing to you that makes you an anxious passenger in a car? It's ridiculous. Well, no, you don't tell you about that when they list the symptoms. <laughs> that, well, they said there's 40 things that affect you with Parkinson's. That should be 41. <laughs> oh man. So, um, so, so your, so your wife's handling it okay. I mean, she's is she picking up more of the household duties and like uh, taking care of you now? And like, uh, do you guys talk about it a lot, or is it just not something you discuss? We, we discuss it, yeah, but I, because I'm, I'm, I'm around a lot, I don't work as much as I used to. So as I said I was on the road for 123 days, staying in hotels one year, and it's ridiculous. Now I work for about half a year. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's feast or famine. I'm, I'm away for a week, week after next, and then, and then I'm off for a couple of weeks, and then, and then working away for nine days after that. So it, it did in chunks, but I do the majority of the cooking and stuff at home. I, I make sure that I do that for the boys. So it can be hard. It can take me a long time to do, but I, I'm determined to carry on doing everything I possibly can. So I, I do a lot of the household duties now, and um, you know I quite enjoy that. But I, I, I'm, I'm not I'm, I'm not as good as she is at doing it. But I, I'm learning quickly. You know. Do you still have your sense of smell? No. That's that's partially gone as well. I occasionally get the odd whiff of something, but mm-hmm. my, my, my sense of smell has, has gone. Which I've got a dog now, which is great when I'm cleaning up the dog poo. I've got that <laughs> job when, it, when, it, when it's in the garden. I, I'm the man who does it because I can't smell it, so it's, it's perfect. Yes. That, that was a good thing, actually. I, I got a dog a year ago, and it's amazing what a difference that's made to my life. Ruby, a Labrador, and she, she's, she's with me all the time. And amazing people i take for a walk in the morning get up early make sure i get up every day have a shave make the bed get up with the boys get them ready ready for school chat them over breakfast i think that's important i'm there for that then i take the dog out and it's amazing how many people you get talking to with the dog you know keeps your social life going i've got a common at the end of the road here and uh, everyone talks to you, you know, you talk about Parkinson's. I met another couple of people with Parkinson's and dogs, and it's brilliant for you. So Ruby's been my saviour in many ways. She gets me out, gets me talking to people, and it's, it's a great thing having a dog. So get yourself a dog and a nagging wife, and you'll be all right. Well, so I, my wife is a, a very, uh, very attentive to me, and she makes sure that I, I'm not, uh, you know, lazing around in the chair. If I, if it's time to get up, she'll she'll rouse me. She'll go, okay, you can have 20 minutes or whatever. But I, I don't. Uh, I, I've uh, I've learned not to call it nagging. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's yeah. I don't know. I've just. Supporting is yes, what do. it's very Support supportive. Uh, but it gives we, you the odd job to do. Yes. Yeah, it's not nagging. It's not nagging, Caroline. It's it's just it's just supporting. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, we did try to get a puppy. Uh, don't get a puppy. Don't get a small puppy when you have balance issues. Uh, <laughs> the, 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 the puppy was running around my legs. I was tripping all over it. I thought I was going to fall. It's, it was like being in the passenger of a car, but it was in your house all the time. Uh, I was just panicked. So we, we had to get rid of the puppy after about a week. Uh, but we are, uh. we are looking for a, a sort of an older, bigger dog that you know we can we can have around the house. And um, I can, rec- I can re- recommend a big Labrador. Big Lab. Dog. Okay. Well, that's good. Uh, my, Big my, Labrador, yeah. Gentle, friendly. Yeah, perfect. And uh, and lovely to have around. You don't trip over them too much either. Right. So well, that's, all right. Perfect. Yeah, that that, that was a, a mistake uh, that we. Uh, that, unfortunately, I had to use my veto power and uh, kick the dog out of the house. <laughs> well, I've made a few mistakes with Parkinson's because I've been t- not not ticking off a bucket list, but I've been doing things I wanted to do, and I I always wanted a, a VW camper van. So I went on eBay and bought this VW camper van that was supposedly restored, but I got it and it needed thousands of pounds spending on it. And I bought a, a left-hand drive one, so I had to operate the gears with my right hand. My right hand, my right hand's the bad side, so I kept oh. it for eight months. We travel around Europe, and I couldn't change gear anymore on it, so I had to sell it. It was heartbreaking. I oh. spent a fortune getting power steering on it, everything. But my 1977 camper van, I sold to the guy up the road, so I still get to hug it now and again and oh, stroke it because it looks the next road. And they say we can borrow it back whenever I want, but my boys have got a bit big for it now. But it was, it was a lovely moment driving around Europe in a 77 camper van. Oh, Fantastic. That's and, awesome. Yeah, I've never done that without Parkinson's, you know. Wind in my hair, brilliant. That's great. Do you have a list that you keep or is it just in your head? 
No, just there's all sorts in my head, but <laughs> I, I just do what I want to do. You know, we went to New York this summer, stayed stayed at a, a Brooklyn Bridge Hotel, had a lovely time there. Went to the Hamptons, had a great time. I, I'm lucky that financially I've, I've done quite well over the years, but, you know, finance, finance does worry me when the, when the time, when the gravy train eventually runs out and I have mm-hmm. to do something else. You know, all these, all these fears. And I think you do, you, you do get more anxious about things when you've got Parkinson's. So you worry a bit more about what's down the line, but I, I try and live in the moment, try yeah. and just live day to day and enjoy my life. And I think it's, it's a great thing. I always have music on in the house as well. Stops you brooding, upbeat, loads of music everywhere I go. So have my headphones with me. So just, just keeping a positive vibe. It's, it's important. How's your sleep? Do you know, my sleep's not too bad. Uh, I do quite a lot of exercise, which helps, but I wake up once or twice during the night, but I, I stay in bed. I don't get up and walk around. It's difficult. Sometimes you, you're like um, a vampire, you know, you, you can't roll over. So you're lying on your back with your arms crossed across your chest <laughs> and you, you, you try and roll over and you don't want to wake your partner. Mm-hmm. It's, it's quite frightening, you know, but and then, and then when you roll over, you start shaking for some reason, which yep. is, is ridiculous as well. So you, the covers are off you you're trying to roll over you don't want to wake your wife up so sometimes you just stay lie there in the middle of the night like a vampire just hands across the chest trying to roll over and not being able to roll over it's it's a ridiculous situation but only someone with parkinson's would know that (laughs) it's crazy yeah we uh, are you acting out your dreams at all no, I'm not. No, I'm not, luckily, because I have some weird dreams. But I, don't, I don't act them out. Yeah, I've, the, had, I've had some really strange ones recently. Parkinson's dreams are vivid and, and often violent. Mine aren't violent. Oh, good. No, I, 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 I tend to meet my heroes in my dreams. Oh, cool. I have fantastic dreams. Like and who? I fly a lot in my dreams. It's brilliant. Oh, I love flying in my dreams. Yeah, yeah, flying dreams are the best. Absolutely <laughs> amazing. I've, I've flown over some of the, the greatest countryside in the world in my dreams. It's brilliant. Like Superman. <laughs> That's amazing. So, so who who's your hero that you met in your dreams? Uh, well, I've, I've met all sorts of people. I met Kim Bassinger. Okay. Yeah, I met Bruce Springsteen. Oh, what what did he say? Well, I actually met Bruce Springsteen in, in uh, when I was in New York, which was fantastic. Oh wow! So, uh, I, I was waiting outside dream, the dream uh, come true the, the entrance to the theater. And he came out and said, and people, the, the, his security guy said, whatever you do, don't shout Bruce in his face because he hates that. So I didn't know what to say to him. So I was, I was absolutely in awe of him. So I said, Bruce, thanks for all the work you do for the Light of Day Foundation, which is a Parkinson's charity that he does the odd gig for. And he said, it's a great organization. Where have you traveled from? I said, England. And he said to another girl, where have you traveled from? She said, Melbourne. He said, enjoy the show. So it was, it was a dream come true meeting Bruce. And that wasn't a dream. At least I don't think it was a dream. Yeah. It was a very vivid one if it was. That's great. Oh, that's amazing. Did you ever meet Muhammad Ali? I did, yeah. I, I covered the uh, 96 Olympics. So as a journalist covering him, uh, seeing him light the flame, uh, that iconic moment, and knowing that he has Parkinson's, and the battle that he was going through, and then thinking about your dad, how do you juxtapose mm. those? It was, it was hard when, when I saw him, because no one knew Muhammad Ali was going to light the flame that night. So seeing him in the, in the, in the stadium, it brought memories back of my dad. And I, I never thought down the road, you know, a few years later I'd be diagnosed. It was, it was, it was a really emotional night that night when I, when I saw him running around the track. His Parkinson's was really bad and the, the flame was shaking and I was worried whether he'd be able to light it. You know, it was a lot, lot of pressure on him, but an incredible man. And he, he's done so much for awareness of Parkinson's. You know, you look at some of the old films of, of his career, there's a great documentary on, on Sky at the moment about his career. And if you know Parkinson's, you can see he was fighting with Parkinson's. Back oh yeah. In the day, you know, it's it's very clear that he's got Parkinson's and he's he's fighting for a world title. His his last his last couple of fights, especially, I mean, you can yeah. see it. And people thought he it was really, brain. Really damage. knew he had it. People thought it was brain damage. I talked to his daughter. She she told me they did studies and that it wasn't because of the boxing. Well, there is a thing called pugilistic Parkinson's, and and I worked in boxing for eight years, and it's amazing how many. Ex-fighters have Parkinson's or the, the, the symptoms of Parkinson's. Freddie Roach, the, the trainer 
you know, he he has Parkinson's. Right. As, as, as trained 50 world champions. Amazing guy, still working, still doing the raps. And he's 20 years down the line with Parkinson's. He's an incredible, incredible guy. Um, and he, he comes over here quite a lot. I've never met him, actually. No. Sort of ambitious to meet him. Um, but he's, he's, he's a fantastic, fantastic advert for, for Parkinson's because he's carried on going, carries on doing the pads with the fighters and stuff, even though he's, he's obviously really bad with his Parkinson's. But there's, there's a documentary called Being Freddie Roach, which is, is worth wa- watching, you know. Amazing guy, still training world champions many years down the line with Parkinson's. So That's a, a hero of mine. What do you think Muhammad Ali's legacy with Parkinson's is? I think awareness, you know, it's important that we get the message out there that what Parkinson's is. And I think people have raised millions of dollars on the, on the back of Muhammad Ali for Parkinson's research. There's that, that great bit of footage with Michael J. Fox and Muhammad Ali, an advert back in the day, which I've watched on YouTube. And it's just it's just raised the whole profile of, of Parkinson's. It's, it's, it's important for people to know what it is, know how to react when they meet them with Parkinson's. I think that's his legacy, and hopefully his legacy as well will be finding something towards a cure one day. You're quite new to Parkinson's. How long have you been diagnosed? A year or something? Two years, two years. yeah, two years. Two years. Now, I'm sort of nearly nine years down the line now, and it's quite hard when you meet people who you met a few years ago and see them and see they've deteriorated. Mm-hmm. I won't say it was, but I met a guy at the airport a few weeks ago, and he was fighting fit last time I saw him and his his voice had pretty much gone he's still in good shape still traveling by himself but it's hard when you see people who who you've you're sort of on the same path as them and it's really tough when when friends from the Parkinson's community are are going downhill after 9, 10, 11 years and and, and not the same person you met two two years previously it's it's, it's a really really it's, it's why I've got to sort this thing out you know the, the UK government's just put 130 million pounds into into research on Parkinson's um, and certain types of cancer, which is, is great news. But that's the first money they've ever put into research in this country for Amazing. Parkinson's. So it's, I've raised over half a million pounds now for Parkinson's. Yeah, I, I read that. It's a, a half a million pounds. That's unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> How did you do well, that? It's crazy. I, I, I thought I'd do some. I, I did a coast to coast walk. So I went from right right across England from St. Bees on the Cumbrian coast to Robin Hood's Bay on the Yorkshire coast. And I used to see people when I was a kid throwing pebbles into the, the, the sea at Robin Hood's Bay, which is a beautiful cliffside holiday destination, beautiful little cottages dating back to 1400s, amazing. And um, I used to, used to go there with my dad when I was a kid, so it had great significance for me. So I thought one day I'm going to do that walk. So I did it, 200 miles coast to coast, and it just generated so much interest and people following me day by day. It took me 13 days mm. and, and r- raising £212,000 for that walk alone, which is amazing. Wow. I did the Dales Way uh, last year, raised another 50000 So I'm thinking of doing something next year, a big one next year. Uh, some of your Dart friends did some fundraising too, right? Yeah, amazing. Yeah, some of the sponsors of the tournaments have, have given me money. I did a tournament the other week and every... 180 that was scored in the tournament, they gave 50 pounds, and we ended up with 32,000 pounds for a week's work. Fantastic. Amazing. Parkinson's UK. So amazing. I'm hosting a, host a few dinners and stuff. I've gone on Thursday night, actually, at Bassey Power Station here in London. And I know for a fact that's already raised 25,000 pounds. So if, if you can do your bit, you know, use your contacts and raise a few pounds, it's, 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 a, it's a great thing. I've been very lucky. People have been really supportive. And Sky, who I, I do the darts for, Fund matched one of my things, so they gave me fifty thousand pounds for that, which is incredible, absolutely incredible. That the support is, 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 is amazing. It really, you know, it's people people um, ask me because I, I do a lot of advocacy and I do a lot of speaking and I'm on TV and stuff. And people are like, oh, but you have you, you have that opportunity. I'm like, yeah, th- well, this is what I have access to. This is what I know, and mm-hmm. it, like you, you can leverage some of that stuff. And, and don't be af- people shouldn't be afraid to tap into their networks. I mean, that's why we have mm-hmm. networks. That's why you network. Mm-hmm. So when you need it, mm-hmm. you can go, hey, can you help because <laughs> we well, need... also connecting people there's a, a, a parkinson's football team recently yeah and that all came about because there's a guy called sam who came on my coast to coast walk 
it, it, it seen, seen online that that um, I was doing this walk, and he just turned up one morning and said, "Do you mind? I've just been diagnosed with Parkinson's. Do you mind if I talk to you and do a leg of your walk?" And he read about this Ray Kennedy Cup, and I connected him with a guy called Charlie Appleyard, who's a mate of mine, who actually lived on my road. Mm. This was a strange story. A guy who I became friends with, lived on my road. He was 39 years of age. And I said to my wife, he's got all the symptoms of Parkinson's. And what do you do? Do you tell him? No. See a neuro- neurologist? I couldn't say anything to him. And he, he, Two years down the line, he took me to one side, went for a pint with him and said, I've just been told I've got Parkinson's. Really strange situation. He's become a, a really good guy for the, the cause. And he, he took this team of footballers to the Ray Kennedy Cup in, in Copenhagen, and they reached the semi-finals. It was amazing. But that all came about because of a guy walking on my coast-to-coast walk, That's great. connecting with someone else and using, using the network, and, and it, it turned out a real force for good. It was fantastic. Did you uh, tell the guy that uh, was diagnosed that they, I knew two years ago? I did, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what did he say? <laughs> he just said, I can't believe it. Ridiculous. I said, you're telling me something I already knew. It was... It, when, when you've had Parkinson's, you get you can spot a parky a hundred yards. <laughs> you know the arm doesn't swing, slightly stooped. Don't blink when they look at you. Lots, lots of things like that. But it could be something else, of course. It could have been it could have been a whole load of things. Sure. Might have got a brain tumor or something else. So I didn't want to say to him, I'm I'm, not, I'm an expert in Parkinson's, only because I've got it and and, and I've seen what's happened to other people over the years. But uh, I, didn't, I didn't want to diagnose him. But I, I was pleased when he. He got the diagnosis, and I was there to support him. It was amazing. And a guy called Martin Turner, who was the head of Formula One at Sky TV, he he was diagnosed as well, and he went public straight away. It was it was amazing. He was, he was diagnosed three weeks before. They had a big barbecue at his house, made a speech telling telling all these people, his team, they had Parkinson's. Not the way I would have done it, but it worked for him. You know, it's different. It's horses for courses. I kept a secret for two and a half years. He went public straight away. There's no right or wrong way. It's however you you want to do it. But I thought it was very brave the way he did it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it might be quite a good one actually. When, when quite a good podcast actually. When's the right time to to go public about it? And how, how do you tell your employers and stuff? Yeah, it's, 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 it's hard. A one. It's hard. Uh, you know, for for me, I I actually combined those two things. I told my employer that I wanted to use their radio and TV and website to tell the world that I had Parkinson's on World Parkinson's <laughs> Awareness Day. Uh, Amazing. And so, a lot of my colleagues found out when the rest of the world found out. Mm. Um, well, I I told a few people, and people can't keep a secret. Oh yeah. So you tell one or two people, and they'll they'll say. You know, to someone else, don't don't say anything. But he's just told me he's got Parkinson's, and then they they say someone else. So you either you either tell your wife, but if you tell one person, you, you probably tell a hundred people. It's right. people can't keep a secret. It's, well, it's mad. hey, uh, listen, I've taken up way more uh, time than than I deserve. No, so. no, it's been great talking to you, Larry. Really, really appreciate it. Uh, Fantastic. Oh yeah. All right. Well, I'll let you go. Uh, be a dad. <laughs> All right. All right. Take care. Thank Cheers, you, Larry. See you. Bye. All right. Bye. Bye. Some months after our conversation, I got a note from Dave. He said, hey, Larry, wrote this for a guy who's just been diagnosed. Thought you might like it. Best, Dave. And here's what it says. How to live a happy life with Parkinson's. Live in the now. Try not to look too far into the future. Always have something in the diary that excites you. Music makes you happy. Don't live in a silent house where you can brood. Dance, even if you haven't danced for years. Keep busy, but don't feel guilty about having an odd sofa day. Stay sociable. If your friends don't ring you, ring them and arrange to see them on a regular basis. Get up, dress up, show up, never give up. Say yes to invitations, even if you're feeling rubbish. Exercise makes you feel good. Even if you can only manage to get to the corner shop, do it. Stretch every morning. Eat well. Try not to skip meals when you're shaky. Food is brain fuel. Hydrate. Water makes up about 73% of the human brain and helps make hormones and neurotransmitters. Talk to other people with Parkinson's online. It's a really supportive community. Their experience can help your experience. Build a support team around you. People you can trust. Friends, neighbors, fitness instructor, your neuro doctor, your chemist, your team. Only tell people about your Parkinson's when you're ready. 
Other people's grief about your Parkinson's can be just as hard as getting a diagnosis. Remember, people with Parkinson's can do amazing things. Do something amazing. Those are words to live by from Dave Clark, a keeper of hope, a difference maker, a believer. Be inspired. This is When Life Gives You Parkinson's, a Curious Cast podcast written and produced by me, Larry Gifford. Our story editor is Dila Velazquez, and our sound design by Rob Johnson. We also want to hear from you. You can record a voice message for us at speakpipe.com slash when life gives you Parkinson's. Our presenting sponsor is Parkinson Canada, parkinson.ca. One of the programs Parkinson Canada offers is a confidential information and referral line. So if you have any questions at all, please don't hesitate to reach out to info at parkinson.ca or call toll-free 1-800-565-3000. Parkinson Canada colleagues are there for you. They're great listeners and can answer questions on a huge range of topics. Special thanks this week to Dave Clark. Also, hello to our promotional partners, Spotlight YOPD and Parkinson's IQ Plus U. Spotlight YOPD is the only organization in the world with the singular focus of raising awareness of young-onset Parkinson's disease. You can find them at spotlightyopd.org. And in the U.S., Parkinson's IQ Plus U is a free series of Parkinson's events from the Michael J. Fox Foundation to educate and empower people with Parkinson's and their partners. While some of these events have been postponed due to COVID-19, you can go to michaeljfox.org pdiq to watch for rescheduled dates. And finally, if you're interested in learning more about Parkinson's and connecting with the community, I encourage you to save the date for the 6th World Parkinson Congress, also known as the WPC 2022. It'll be held June 7th to 10th in Barcelona, Spain, 2022. It's the only totally inclusive scientific conference that opens its doors to people with Parkinson's and their families. I'll be there. You should come join me. Learn more at WPC2022.org. And thank you for listening. These are weird times, and I appreciate you still downloading and listening to the podcast and sharing it with your friends. Please take a moment to subscribe if you haven't on Apple, Spotify, CastBox, wherever you listen to podcasts. While you're there, give the show a five-star rating and, and tell people why you like it. You can also engage with us on social media. It's at Parkinson's Pod on Facebook. We also have a special group there. Twitter and Instagram, at Parkinson's Pod, or email us, parkinsonspod at curiouscast.ca. And happy Parkinson's Awareness Month. Keep positive, keep exercising, keep listening. We'll talk to you next time. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone. Like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.